pleasant good morning to each one of you. If you have your New Testament with you, you can go ahead and open to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 is where we will be in our study from God's Word here in just a moment. I'm glad to be standing in the pulpit this morning. It's been several weeks since I have been up here. Our brother Gavin and I switched a couple of weeks ago and I did the assembly sermon and he did the worship sermon because he was doing something with our our younger folks in the first Sunday at nine o'clock period a couple of weeks ago. And of course, last week we had our brother David Banning with us and I hope that you were able to attend. I know a number of us were able to attend those Saturday sessions as he encouraged us and instructed us about how we can be better teachers and how we can really be the conduit, the channel through which God's message might flow to our children and to one another, and did such an excellent job, in my opinion, of those lessons last week. I know the one that he did during the worship hour must have been extremely hard for him as he talked to us about what he and his wife have experienced with their oldest child. But I think he just did an excellent job with that, and I told him afterwards, I You know, I I have preached several uh, lessons through the years about children and about families, surely not as many as he has, uh, but I don't know that I've ever heard a lesson exactly like he did last Sunday morning, but I think it's a very much a needed lesson for all of us, and so I appreciate his efforts. But I'm also glad that both Gavin and David did not uh, preach short lessons, (laughs) that they preach long lessons, so maybe when I go a little bit long, if I do this morning, you'll be somewhat gracious with me. Uh, But it certainly is good to uh, see all of you this morning, to see your smiling faces, to see the sun out a little bit this morning as we've had some cloudy, dreary days here recently, and to have this time together together as God's people to offer our worship and our praise unto Him. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, Luke 5 and verse 32. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. These two statements of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I believe, clearly state His reason for coming to earth. And His reason for coming to earth was to seek and to save lost people from their sins as we have already hopefully been remembering about ourselves this morning. And to call them to no longer follow the world, to no longer follow their own wisdom, to no longer follow Satan, but to come and to follow Him, the Savior, the light of the world. In short, I believe we could summarize the mission of Jesus Christ in coming to earth as that of being a fisher of men. And so this morning, as we continue our 2023 theme of being more like Jesus, we do so today by listening in on a conversation that is recorded for us here in Luke chapter 5. It is a conversation that Jesus had with some fishermen about being fishers of men, and we want to focus in on that conversation so that it will help us to be more like Jesus Christ in this good work. How can we be like Him? How can we be like His apostles? How can we be like disciples that have gone before us? How can we today be fishers of men? And so let's begin by reading our text there in Luke chapter 5. If you have your Bible open there to Luke chapter 5, and let's begin at verse 1. Luke chapter 5 at verse 1 and read down through verse 11. Luke says to us, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. 
And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And when he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from, a little way from the land, and he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which he had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. I want us to just think through this text for a few moments and then to make some applications for us about how we can be fishers of men. Uh, think about three uh, steps to being successful fishermen for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As the text opens here in Luke chapter 5, we find at verses 1 through 3 that Jesus is really opening the door to these men. Luke chapter 5 obviously takes place somewhat early in the ministry, the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. But Luke makes the observation to us here at the outset of this chapter that the crowds are already large. The multitudes have grown to the point that they are pressing in upon Jesus Christ. They are pressing around him. And so I think to maybe create some distance between the crowds and himself, Jesus decides that he's going to get into this fisherman's boat, Simon's boat. And he tells him to not go out into the middle of the lake, the Sea of Galilee at this particular point, but to get into the boat and to just kind of hug the land to stay very close to the shore. So you can imagine, maybe if you can, in your mind's eye, the scene that is set before us here in Luke chapter 5. As Jesus is standing here, he's in the boat of Simon. As Simon is here, his fishing buddies are also in their boats and they're just a little ways off the shore. And so with most of the lake behind him, Jesus sits down in Peter's boat and he begins to teach the crowds that have assembled on the shore. If you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, I've, I've never been there. Maybe you have, but maybe you have watched some videos or you've read some things about the Sea of Galilee. It is surrounded by mountains. And so it's kind of bold in, we might say, and it would just make for a good place, a natural amplifier, if you will, for Jesus to teach probably the thousands upon thousands of people that have gathered to listen to him speak. Although the apostle Peter did not know it yet, Jesus, I think, on these three verses was really opening the door for him to become a fisher of men. And not just for Peter. We don't have listed here in the passage that our brother Richard read from a few moments ago in Mark chapter 4. We know that Andrew, his brother, is there as well. So you've got these four fishermen at least, Andrew, Peter, James, and John. But especially as Luke focuses his account here in Luke chapter 5, he is placing a special emphasis upon the conversation that takes place between Jesus and Peter. And so Jesus is opening this door, even though Peter doesn't realize it, surely at this point, for him and these other men to become fishers of men because they are seeing the master fisher of men at work here. 
Here is Jesus in their boat and He is teaching, He is going fishing, if you will, for souls, for people that are lost. And then we come to the next section here, verses 4 through 7, and Jesus finishes speaking to the crowds and He turns His attention again, at least in Luke's account, specifically to Peter. And he tells Peter to take his boat out now into the deep waters of the Sea of Galilee to no longer stay maybe in the safer, more comfortable region or, or, or a place there along the shore of the sea, but to launch out into the deep waters of the Sea of Galilee to let down his fishing nets because he says, you're going to have a catch of fish. Now, who was Peter? He was a fisherman, as we've already said. This is his livelihood. This is, I assume, maybe really all he knows. And he knows how to do his work, his job well. But I have to imagine that Peter surely was somewhat perplexed by Christ's statement and his instructions here to take your boat out into the deep, sea, deep part of the Sea of Galilee to let down your nets and there is going to be a catch. Because he says to Jesus there at verse 5, we, we've been doing this. We, we have been fishing all night long and we've caught absolutely nothing. He doesn't, of course, give the reasons for that. Maybe it's not a good fishing spot that they have been in. Maybe it's not the right time of day. Uh, maybe the conditions, the weather conditions haven't been right. He doesn't go into all that, but he just says to Jesus, Master, we have been fishing all night and we have caught absolutely nothing. We have had no results. But to his credit, and sometimes maybe we're a little bit hard on Peter as we read him in the the text. To his credit, Peter listened to Jesus on this occasion. He followed the instructions of Jesus Christ. And we know what happened there at verse 6. When they had done this, when they had carried out the instructions, the words of Christ, that they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. And so they called for their partners in the other boat to come. And because they listened to Jesus' instructions, their nets started breaking and their boats started sinking that there were so many fish that they caught that they could not possibly keep all of these. They could not possibly store all of these. And Jesus, I believe, was teaching, again, Peter is the focus here, but I think these other fishermen are involved. But he is teaching Peter and his fishing companions a great lesson, not only about the power to catch fish, that he has the power to catch fish, but more importantly, about the power that Jesus Christ has to catch people to go fishing for men and to catch those individuals. And so as Peter often does, he reacts in a, in a very strong way. And we see his reaction here beginning at verse 8 that when Simon Peter saw that, Luke says to us that he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Go away for, from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. As Peter is observing this great quantity of fish, he is not only seeing, I don't think, just a mound of fish that is piled high in these two boats, he is also seeing a mound of evidence that is piled high that he is a sinner and Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Messiah that has been sent to earth. Jesus Christ is God Himself. And He has all power at His disposal. Here again are Peter, Andrew, James, and John, professional fishermen. They have been out here on this Sea of Galilee where it's kind of their home turf, their home territory. They, they are 
know probably every square inch of the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. And they've been fishing all night again and they have caught absolutely nothing. And here comes this carpenter's son from this little village of Nazareth. And he comes along and he tells them what you need to go is you need, what you need to do is you need to take your boat, let down your nets and you need to try again. And they do that and they catch two boatfuls worth of fish. It is no wonder then as Luke comes to verse 9 that he tells us there that amazement had seized these professional fishermen. And then Jesus calls Peter there at verse 10. He said to Simon at the end of that verse, Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. Seeing Peter's reaction, Jesus, I think, stepped in as he always did throughout his earthly ministry and his journeys with these men and others that he would step in and calm their fears and telling Peter that from this day forward, you're no longer going to be concerned about catching fish. That is no longer being going to be the focus of your life. But now you're going to be catching men. You're going to go fishing for men. And we don't have that particular phrase that is the title of this lesson this morning, but it is found again in the passage that our brother Richard read a few moments ago from Mark 14 and verse 4 and verse 9, or Matthew rather, 4 and verse 19. And then Mark chapter 1 and verse 17, where Jesus said to these men, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus was urging these four men to come and to follow him, now to walk with him, to be partners with him, to join with him in this great work that he himself came to do of seeking and saving the lost, of going into all the world and fishing for lost people. Verse 11, we find that these four men, that they answer the call of Jesus Christ. Jesus extends the invitation to these four fishermen. Now they have to decide, what, where are we going to do with this? Are we going to quit our business? Or are we going to leave our families behind? Are we going to leave all that is comfortable, all that we have known maybe for our entire lives behind and follow this man who has shown us evidence once again that he is God? To their credit, that's exactly what they did. They brought their boats to land. They dropped everything and they followed Jesus Christ. And just as he had said, Peter, Andrew, James, and John were no longer fishermen. Now they were fishers of men. And Jesus would help them throughout his time here on earth to be very proficient in that great work that he had called them to, that he has called us to, to go fishing for men. There are three steps to success that I want to pull out of this text to make it very practical for each one of us as we're thinking through this series this year about how we can take the example of Jesus Christ as we find it in Scripture, how we can make that really who we are, who we become, how we can live out the example of Jesus Christ in our life. How can we be fishers of men. Number one, I think the first step to success in fishing for people is that we need to fish with Jesus. Although Jesus certainly was not a fisherman, he had plenty of experience fishing for men. He is an expert on mankind, isn't he? Because he is the one who has created us all. God 
has used him as his agent to create everything, including us. He is the creator of mankind. And even while he was on earth, we read in texts like John chapter 2, 24 and 25, that he knew what was in man. Following Jesus very early on in his ministry, cleansing the temple, driving out the money changers, that it says to us that he knew what was in every man because he has created us. And so you have here in this account in Luke chapter 5, you've got Peter. He is supposed to be at least the expert fisherman, but he had absolutely no experience in fishing for men. Jesus, who really maybe, I don't know, maybe he went fishing several times in his life, but he wasn't a professional fisherman, and yet he is the expert in fishing for men. And you have these two coming together here in Luke chapter 5. And so Peter had enough humility about him to realize, hey, I may know everything there is to know about the Sea of Galilee. I may know all the ins and outs about this boat that we're on. I may know everything there is to know about fishing. But he, he knows about fishing for men. He had to obtain those skills. And in order to obtain those skills, he had to fish with Jesus. Much to Peter's amazement, Jesus knew and if we think about this in, in the physical story that is told to us here, Jesus knew the right spot to go. He knew that he needed to get out into the deep waters of the lake. But he also knew the results before they even occurred. He said, you take your boat out into the middle of the lake, you let down your nets, and you are going to have a catch of fish. So Jesus knows all about that as we think about this great work that he has called us to join him in in fishing for men. Jesus knows the perfect place for us to fish for other people. It is in the sea of mankind. And yes, I think almost every time we are assembled here as a congregation, there are some in this audience even this morning that are not Christians, that are lost in their sins, that need to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that need to give their life fully and completely to Him and surrender themselves and their will to His. But it's not just talking about Jesus within these walls here. We have to get out there in the sea of mankind where people are drowning. We've got to get out into the deep part of the sea, if you will. And Jesus knows the perfect place for us to fish for men in the sea of mankind. He knows the right bait for us to use. It is the gospel message. It is not using something of our own devising. It's not using our own will and our own wisdom and our own thoughts. It is using the pure and precious and beautiful message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And Jesus even knows the result. <laughs> that the gospel will catch those who are seeking and it will totally change their lives. Yes, there's going to be people as we go fishing for men that will reject Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God. Yes, there will be people who will say to us, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You are crazy to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. But there will also be people out in our world who may not even know it that are seeking something more than what this world can offer them. And it is for those people who will grab a hold of that bait, the gospel, and they will latch on with tenacity and they will not let go. And it will totally change their lives. But even when people decide that they're going to reject the message of salvation in Jesus Christ, he already knows the answer. He knows the result. I want you to think about something that the, the prophet Isaiah wrote in, back in Isaiah chapter 55 as he's talking here in this text about 
the invitation that God is really extending to all of us to come and to know him, to seek him, to partake of him. Uh, He makes the famous statements here in verses eight and nine about my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, that they are much higher and much grander than yours. But notice what he says beginning at verse 10 here in Isaiah 55. He says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God already knows, Jesus already knows that when the word goes out, it's going to produce some result. It may not be the result that God is desiring. It may not be the result that we are looking for. We're taking the gospel to the world. We're trying to fish for men, hoping that they will respond in humility, hoping that they will respond in faith and that they will accept Jesus and follow him as we have. But even when that is not the case, he says, it's not a lost cause. (laughs) When my word goes forth from my mouth, It does not return to me empty. And so if we desire to be fishers of men, we must first of all fish with Jesus. We can't get off by ourselves (laughs) and think, hey, I know how to do all of this. But we, like these four fishermen, must follow his lead. And if we do that, we will experience success, whatever the result is. Secondly, we need to let down our nets. Again, from Peter's perspective, Jesus really wasn't a fisherman, much less a fishing expert. Peter was the professional. Fishing was his life, as we've already mentioned this morning. The Sea of Galilee, I assume, because it's mentioned so many times in the Gospels, and this this was kind of their territory. And yet again, to his credit here is Peter who listened to what Jesus had to say. He did not rebuke Jesus as he did on some occasions and say, wait a minute now. Who is the professional fisherman? Who is the one who knows the Sea of Galilee? Who is the one who knows all about the fishing business? No, he listened to Jesus with an intention to do what Jesus had said, and he went and did that. He let down his nets in the deep waters of the sea. Here is a man in Peter at this point who had great confidence in Jesus Christ. Here is a man who was surrendering his will. And again, as you think about how Peter is presented to us, especially in the gospel accounts, that's saying a lot. Because Peter often thought, no, wait a minute, Lord, you, you know, maybe let's back up here and let's rethink this situation when he would say something to him. Thinking maybe my way is better than yours. But no, here he is on this occasion surrendering his will to Jesus Christ and it paid off, didn't he? Because he and his fishing partners caught more fish. I am certain they caught more fish than they ever could have imagined. But say, for instance, what if Peter had ignored Jesus? What if if he had decided, hey, I've heard some things about this guy. I've maybe heard about some miracles that he has performed. I've heard about what he has taught before. But, you know, I'm the professional fisherman here. What if he had decided to trust his years of experience rather than trusting the words of Jesus Christ? Do you think he would have caught any fish? (laughs) I think Jesus would have asked, how's that working out for you, you know? You you just told me that you've been out here all night with your fishing buddies and you have caught absolutely nothing. In order for him to be successful, Peter had to do something. He had to fish with Jesus, but he himself had to let down his nets. 
And that's what Jesus calls us to do as well. I think we're all familiar with the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils, whichever perspective you want to look at it from in Luke chapter 8. So let's just refresh our memory here for a moment. Turn over there to Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road. And it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We know as Jesus begins to explain to the disciples here as they question him more about this parable and want to know more about what it means for them. And he tells them and us in verse 11 that the seed is the word of God. Here again is Jesus Christ telling this parable as we've described him this morning in these terms. He is the fisher of men. And as the fisher of men, he has told us in this little parable here that we have to take the seed. We have to take God's word. We have to take the bait, if you will, as we fish in the sea of men. And we have to sow that seed. We have to drop that bait. (laughs) Everywhere we see a person, we have to take that precious seed and sow it on every soil that we encounter. Because if we sow another seed or we sow it where maybe we think in our limited wisdom that that seed is really going to take root and is going to germinate and is going to produce something that is wonderful and beautiful, is going to be fruitful, and we trust our thinking rather than submitting ourselves to His instruction to go into all the world and preach the gospel, we are not going to be successful, at least as God wants us to be. You see, I think Peter learned and these other fishermen learned and we ought to learn from this passage in Luke chapter 5 that if we desire to truly be fishers of men as Jesus our Lord and Savior was, that we must be people who are not only fishing with him, but we must be people as we get out there into the sea of humanity who are letting down our nets. We are baiting them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are trusting that Christ is going to fill those nets full. But then thirdly, I think there is something very valuable for us and to learn here from this account in Luke chapter 5, and we don't need to leave it out. Because if we're going to be successful in this great work that Christ has called us to be, to be partners with Him in fishing for men, we've got to be people just like these fishermen who leave everything and follow Him. I believe Jesus' call there at verse 10 to do not fear from now on you will be catching men. It it was, as we read back in uh, Matthew's account and Mark's account, it was a call for them to leave everything behind and to come follow him and to devote the rest of their life to fishing for men. It was really a call to lifelong discipleship. He is calling Andrew, Peter, James, and John to come and be disciples of him, to be learners of him, to follow his example, to listen to his words, to see his miracles, to see how he interacted with other people, to hear his conversations, to see his attitude. Jesus was demanding of these four men, as he demands of all of us today, that we surrender our lives to him and we fully and truly and completely follow him And to the credit of these four fishermen, they did exactly that. What did they know about Jesus at this point? 
very little compared to when you come to the end of his earthly ministry. And the writer of the gospel account, not only here in Luke, but in the other two accounts of Matthew and Mark, tell us that they left everything and they followed Jesus Christ. For Peter and Andrew, everything included leaving their fishing business behind. You can read about that in Mark chapter 1 and verse 18, that they dropped their nets, they left their boats. For James and John, it included, yes, leaving their fishing business behind, but also included leaving their family behind, that they left their father Zebedee and their hired, his hired servants. I don't know if, those were kind of, if they kind of looked at those hired servants as being extended members of their family or not. But they were leaving all that they knew behind. They were leaving what was comfortable for them behind to go and follow this man who has just filled two boats full of fish. What about for us? What, what might everything involve or entail for us? It may be different for each one of us. But I want you to stay here in the Gospel of Luke as we are about to close our lesson and to think about two other passages, some more statements that Jesus makes about this, about the importance of us truly and fully, totally committing ourselves to Him. First of all, in chapter 14 in Luke, Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 26, Jesus said there, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then again, over in chapter 18, in Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 28, following this conversation that Jesus had with the rich young ruler and Peter and the other apostles listening to that conversation and Peter speaking up as he often did and saying, well, Lord, we, we have left everything there at verse 28. We have left our own and followed you. And this was Jesus's reply to him and to us in verse 29. Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times as much at this time and in the age to come eternal life. Yes, we must give up everything, including our own life. That is the extent to which everything may mean for us. It may be a little bit different for me than it is for you, but certainly for all of us, we've got to give up our own life in order to truly come and follow Jesus Christ so that we can learn from Him and we can be fishers of men as well. I can't answer this question for you and you can't answer this question for me, but let me just ask each of us very simply, very plainly, have I done that? Have I done that? Not, not has my spouse done that or have my parents or my children or the brother or sister who's sitting beside me this morning in the pew. But have I done that? Have I left everything, truly left it all, to follow Jesus Christ? Because you see, if we desire to be fishers of men, we must leave everything behind. And we must totally and completely follow Jesus. There's no doubt that Jesus was the greatest fisher of men the world has ever seen. And he called here in Luke chapter 5 very ordinary men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, to join him in this very extraordinary work. It may seem to us sometimes like very mundane work about taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who need that message 
who desperately need salvation from their souls, but I'm submitting to you that it is extraordinary work. It is special work. It is work that God values very highly. And so my admonition to all of us, myself included, is to let us follow Jesus as these four men did so that we too can become fishers of men. What about you this morning? Do you need to be caught? (laughs) Are you out there flailing around in the sea of humanity? Are you drowning maybe in sin? And and you know that there is a problem in your life, but you can't fix it as, as has already been so ably said at the Lord's table this morning. We have needs that only God can meet for us. And this is one of those needs. We cannot save ourselves. Only God can do that. And God did that by sending his one and only son here, Jesus Christ, to be a sacrifice for our sins. He is the lifeline. You need to grab a hold of him this morning. Do you need to do that? Do you need to come to Jesus? Do you need to come before this audience this morning and confess your faith that you truly do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you have every intention of making him your Lord, your Master, as even Peter realized here in this text? And then you have every intention of following him in every part of your life. That may be very painful sometimes, But you are set, your mind is focused on following Jesus Christ and you're going to devote your life to being more like Him and even as we've spoken of this morning, to being a fisher of men. For those of us who are children of God and we've started down that path with Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, are we really focused on the work that He has given to us? This is certainly not all that's involved in following Jesus, what we have spoken of this morning, but this is a big part of it. Are we involved? Am I involved? Are you involved? in this great heavenly work of fishing for men, of bringing lost souls to Him. If we're not, if there's something else in our life in some other way that we're not following Jesus, we need to just admit that openly and honestly to Him and ask for Him to forgive us and give us the strength that we need to go on doing His work. However we can be of help to you this morning spiritually in whatever way that you look at your life and examine your heart and you see you need to respond to this great invitation that Jesus is offering to you. If you do need to respond, won't you do that very thing right now? Won't you come to the front as we stand and as we sing?